0: So just to be clear, every episode of this podcast is special to me. I mean, look, I had no idea what I was doing when I started this last May. To think that I'm still doing it is pretty amazing. So to everyone who's been on this show, everyone who's listened, everyone who's offered advice and helped along the way, thank you, thank you, thank you. But I got to admit that some shows do stand out, kind of like this one, because it's a first. That's right, for the first time since since I started this last May, I got to conduct an in-person interview just before a live show. And boy, I got to tell you, if you ever get the chance to see Grammy award-winning, trailblazing folk singer-songwriter Dom Flemons in person, you better get there. He is a musical genius, and I don't use that lightly, but it is just amazing to see what he can do. His guitar banjo picking skills are second to none. And his voice? His voice is as versatile as it gets. He can croon, soothe, and jolt, sometimes all in the same song. You may recall that I got to interview Dom in early 2021. It was an honor. We talked about the reissuance of his 2014 solo album called Prospect Hill, the American Songster Omnibus. If you listen to that show, or maybe you know your way around Americana slash folk music, you know that Dom Plemons is the co-founder of the famed string band from North Carolina called the Carolina Chocolate Drops. Now, the Chocolate Drops launched many careers, including Dom's, but most notably that of renowned singer-songwriter Rhiannon Giddens. Tom left the band in 2014 for a solo career where he continues to mine American folk music and sets the record straight on the contributions that African Americans had made to the genre. Like I said at the outset, I caught up with Flemons in mid-August before an outdoor live show in a town called Lorton, Virginia, which is about a half hour south of Washington. Now, I figured we'd talk about the new realities of touring during COVID and about the precautions he takes to be safe, which includes how he manages to deal with the ever-changing masking rules, which, as you well know, change from state to state, city to city, town to town, and so on and so forth. But I was a little bit surprised when we started talking about how the pandemic has shaped not just how he engages with the audience, but the connection between the crowd as well, and not just the social distancing and all that stuff. I'm talking about the connection when you get to see one of your favorite live performers in person for the first time in well over a year. connection has just grown stronger and stronger, he says, as has his audience's understanding and appreciation for what he's trying to do. We all know it's not easy to broaden Americans' view of our past. Yet, according to Dom, if there's one good thing from the pandemic, and you know, it's, it is a good thing, but it's just too bad it took a pandemic to make it happen, it's that many people are more reflective about history and the evolving American identity now, perhaps all the time we spent alone the last year plus have made many of us more willing to sit back and listen to a performer and historian like Dom Flemons when he gives us the backstory behind albums like Black Cowboys or songs such, such as Hot Chicken and Steel Pony Blues. And one song in particular, a song we talked about last time called Too Long I've Been Gone, you know, that was a traveling number about what it feels like to be alone on the road. Well, Dom says it's taken a new meaning in an era of isolation, It's not just about being on the road, but just about being alone. And, you know, this episode is a bit shorter than most. We had about 20 minutes to talk before his show. Still, I think you're going to learn just as much in this one as you have in any other interview that I've done. So it is, once again, my high honor, my amazing whatever you want to, whatever superlative you can throw here, because it is indeed an honor, to welcome back the mighty Dom Flemons to Four Songs thank you again dom for for doing this it was an honor to talk to you back in january and it's even bigger to meet you in person so just thanks again for coming back on the show
1: absolutely it's a
0: pleasure rob thank you so much for having me again of course so first question is are we gonna meet big head joe tonight
1: well big head joe uh you know it, it's it's it was tricky this time around i didn't bring him around but i have uh, i've got a gourd banjo with me this time but yeah big head joe is a uh, i have to give him a break every once in a while because if he gets traveling too much uh, particularly with it it he's a vintage instrument it's um i have to sometimes just give him breaks and stuff like that you know but mm -hmm. but i got a great gourd banjo that i think everybody really enjoyed meeting
0: so are you touring is this just you you have some folks with you or is it
1: oh it'll just be me tonight i'll just do a a little uh selection of different material for my solo albums uh Yeah, I just brought, just brought me myself this time around.
0: Well, so when we talked back in January, it seemed like there was hope around the corner and people are touring again, and now it's sort of unknown again. So what's this been like for you as the musician kind of going from hope to here we
1: are and to, oh, let's just make it happen? Well, thankfully, I've always tried to make sure I had alternate ways in which I was able to do my art and my entertain and to be able to spread music beside the straight gigs. I mean, unfortunately, it's unfortunate that the live performances have been on and off, but I've been just uh, taking them as I can and, and and trying to make sure that each show is the best show that I can put out there, and, and I've seen that the audience has been very appreciative of that. Yeah,
0: that's what I wanted to ask is, cause, you know, for so many of us, live music was one of the first things we missed the last year and a half, and what's it been like just connecting with people again?
1: it's been great you know there's nothing like getting in front of a live audience and being able to share some experiences in music and and to be able to just have a camaraderie of, of just that alone you know and of course i do historic music and i do a lot of music that's based around culture and so now that we're in a time where there's such a huge cultural shift there's also an appreciation to, between me, myself, as the performer, as well as the audience for for the culture that we share in this country. So there's been a lot of that going on and as I've been performing out, um, just, uh, yeah, it's just kind of been like shaking hands with old friends and, and, and that was that was really good to see that coming into play. But now to see it, it step back, that's, um, you know, it's just another another little obstacle along the way, but that's kind of life.
0: Yeah. You know, know, it's it's just sort of a really big obstacle. Right. (laughs) Well, uh, what do you... I mean, I imagine you have conversations with people after shows. I mean, what do they tell you after you see them?
1: A lot of it has recently been, I'm so glad that I got to see live music. That was the biggest thing of of all. It's just, this is my first time seeing a show. This is so great to be able to get out of the house and see live music. So there's a lot of that going on. And also, there's been a lot of appreciation for the... um, for the stories that I tell between the songs, and that's something that from the very beginning of my career, um, ever actually ever since uh, I saw Dave Van Ronk when I was 18 years old, the idea of, of uh, doing storytelling between your songs has always been a part of my show, and I've seen that the audience has had a, a complete change in that sort of idea. You know, a part of me thinks that it has to do with the fact that, not, you know, at one point people were really adamant to see song after song after song performed in a show. And I've seen a, a distinctive change in that point of view. And I think it's part, partially because people have access to music to where they can hear song after song after song with no pattern in between. And I found that a lot of people said they were very appreciative of the stories in a new type of way when they've been coming to the shows recently. And so that's that's something that's been interesting for me, just to observe. Yeah, I mean,
0: do you feel more of a connection
1: now with the yeah, fans, oh yeah. with the audience? Absolutely. I mean, every show is about connection. You know, that's why um, I tell stories, and part of my whole show is breaking down the fourth wall, showing that um, even if this mu- the music is um, old, if it's 100 years old, or if it's up to the present, it's something that's relatable to people. And part of the show is demonstrating that it's relatable. And so in that way, uh, you know, I I feel no separation from the audience in in that regard. And um, it's been interesting to have to really be mindful of how much separation I have between the audience. And of course, this particular um, pandemic has also kind of put the test on how close we should be getting, how much we should be interacting and then also if we need to share something with each other because a lot of times my audiences want to share something with me sometimes they have a story how much should i let someone come into my space and etc which is of course something that's very different than what i i usually do you know
0: yeah i was wondering about what kind of protocols now that you have to put in place even probably before the this, this resurgence but even back in like may and june what are, what's different now about touring than it was, well, I mean, obviously the, the pandemic, but just like from your perspective, just what do you have to do to get ready and that you didn't have to do before?
1: Well, you know, one of the main things is that I travel with my family, my wife and my daughter, and she's three and a half. And so, um, you know, like they can't come to the shows now, you know, like they used to come to all of the shows. And so that, that's a little different. Um, and and of course you know my audience uh, you know they, they see pictures of my daughter that I'll post here and there and they they want to they want to see here and see the family because uh, some some audience members are used to that and so uh, you know now now they can't and of course uh, you know we we try to be mindful of just being too many people in an entourage but we're also trying to be mindful of our daughter so it's also so it's also this weird little you know little dance that we're we have to do so that's different so so. In terms of touring, I have to set everything up a little bit differently just because I have to come by myself and and my family has to be off somewhere. So, you know, just the basics of like, you know, we don't eat dinner together. So that type of thing, you know, we have to figure out how how we manage that, which is sort of minor. Of course, the other half of it is traveling from one state to the other. You just have to start thinking about, you know, mask mandates and... You know, how much are you masking? How much are you not masking? How much should you be washing your hands? And things like that, which changes everywhere you go because you don't want to be a part of the problem as well. And, you know, I've, my wife and I have been vaccinated, and and it's, uh, you know, you just have to do your best to not be a, a part of the the spread or any of that stuff. Thankfully, I'm a folk singer, so it's never it's not like a, a gigantic stadium full of people. So in some ways, there are much easier... Uh, Easier ways to be able to get together, just because it's a it's the perfect size crowd for space and for um, you know for uh, just a nice intimate setting.
0: Yeah. So it's something you just said about the rules are different everywhere you go. I mean, nothing you can do about that. But is is that frustrating? Is it like I just you just got to stay on top of it? I guess it,
1: it it can be frustrating. But you know, uh, one of the things when you get to traveling, and especially when you do it independently, like I have. You know, those are always in the forefront of your mind, no matter what you're doing. So this is just kind of a new set of rules on top of the normal uh, rigmarole of of having to choose one thing or another. You know, you have to choose, uh, you know, which hotels you go to, which restaurants you eat at, anyway. And so this is just another sort of thing to think about. Okay, do we have do we have the masks? Do we, you know, and 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 also just keeping up with what uh, local communities are doing as we're as we're moving in each of them if we stop for a period of time we you know you have to kind of check in and see what's going on yeah imagine uh, outdoor shows have a certain advantage oh of yeah. course yeah and yeah of course outdoor shows uh, have been uh, that's been most of my shows have been outdoors in one uh, in one regard or another yeah it's uh, and that's kind of been uh, that you know like i said it's, it's trying to keep it real uh, reasonable with whatever um whatever we have to do right now, because also this is, um, you know, it's, uh, even with shows, uh, you know, there are times when I've had shows canceled because of um, weather, because of situations. Sometimes there have been some very interesting situations that have come up in a town for some reason or another, and they have to adjust things around for, 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 um, for the show and whatnot, and so you know, I like I tell people um, I'm usually just uh, I, I've been just kicking my foot off the gas. I haven't hit the brakes hard, but um, just kicking my foot off the gas so that so that I can continue moving forward without um, having to stop full wholesale. And I've been very fortunate in that I've had I had some really um, had some really lucky breaks along the way. But also uh, I had to make some very quick moves to be able to keep my uh, keep my uh, touring unit going.
0: Yeah, so we were just talking about how important live music is for the soul, but you're an artist and you're a historian. How important to you is the art form of folk music and what you're doing now, especially when you take the pandemic away, these are still pretty tumultuous times. I mean, how important is it for you to just be out and just carrying these messages?
1: Well, it's, it's important to me because we're in a time where the American identity is in such fluctuation that uh, trying to present American culture as a general idea that is um, that is uh, far-reaching and is broad, because I've always tried to make sure I included a multicultural idea behind my uh, presentation of American music. So in some ways, I'm glad that I was ahead of the curve for um, the conversations that are happening now when it comes to diversity and and a lot of the different ways that people are handling um, folklore material or handling the way that they teach history. Um, You know, but at at the same time though, there's so much fluctuation that my, I've always tried to present something that that invites people in instead of pushes them apart. And so in that way, there's, um, I've always tried to keep a consistency and I'm glad that I had that going on beforehand. Because now there's a, such a huge sea change that's going on with uh, many different aspects of life that, um, you know, I think that there's a comfort in, in just being able to see, you know, American culture in just a really simplistic, not simplistic, but in a, in a sort of broad way that can allow people to enter into the conversation. And, and, and music also helps as well because music and, and the history and stories connected together, allow people to be able to um, broaden their idea of, um, of how they want to take the history. Because there's so much American history. And at one point, a lot of the culture was built on the oral histories that we tell each other through time. And now, especially in the time with the lockdown, the pandemic, we have technology that teaches us history. So now we can learn about history that is generations older than the, the literal people in front of us. And I think that that is something that... Um, is good in, in of course, in its own way, because we all uh, need to remain students of life. But in another way, it's been very interesting to see there's a, uh, you know, there's, it's a lot to take in. It's a, it's a hard pill to swallow, the entire story of American history and being able to quantify it into something that can fit to our modern age. It's, it's a lot to think about. And the pandemic allowed everybody to be in their houses and to, and they're they're thinking about these things just a little bit more intensely now. And of course, when uh, you asked earlier about uh, the audience's responses at shows, I can see that that's going on. I can see that people are, are really able to zero in in their own homes. And so when they get out of the house and they see the li- a live performance, they're taking in different things than just focusing on the one aspect of the music. But there's a... There's a much broader uh, sort of uh, point of view that they're bringing because they've been so insular in in some type of way. It's it's like a it's like an opening out of uh, of just a, a brand new uh, renaissance of like you know again they, people are wanting to open up and and figure out um, how they can present and take in information with their new perspective and point of view and so it's been interesting to see that. Yeah,
0: is there a particular song that you feel like that? you see that awakening, or not awakening, but just that, like, awareness kind of settle in. They're like, apart in a certain point in the gig, you're like, I got them, this is, you know, here they go, here we go.
1: Well, it's been interesting. All of my songs, I've always tried to keep a bunch of different stories with each song, but I have, uh, like, wh- like one of my songs, Too Long I've Been Gone, which is a, a song about traveling. Someone had messaged me at one point, about halfway through the 2020, and they had told me how much the song had meant to them, in light of uh, being uh, quarantined and being on their own. And I thought that that was such an interesting perspective on the song, because I didn't necessarily write it that way. But all of a sudden, I have a new position on how I think about the emotions and feelings of, of the song. Because of course, while it wasn't written as an isolation within a pandemic song, it was a song that was about traveling and the isolation that comes from a lot of traveling.
2: Been gone. Four wide walls and a worried mind, that's all I have. That's all, that's all. And when I need someone to talk to, I just say, Hello, wall. Too long, too long. I've been gone.
1: So, the emotions connected in its own type of way. So those have been that's this type of thing that uh, that I've noticed is people have been really taken to a song like "Too Long I've Been Gone," or um, you know even now um, or any of my songs like "Hot Chicken" uh, is another song that uh, that. People think about now because now you can find hot chicken all over the country. So it's like now it's a now it's a thing. That's Burger King a, has one now. <laughs> yeah, you know. Every, yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's a it's a it's it's a type of uh, food you can find anywhere now. Where at one point it was, uh, I, I wrote it when it was still a super regional dish.
2: Rooster run the mother hen said cock a doodle doo Mother hen, say so you're darn no fool My fricassee ain't for you I think you want hot chicken I think you want hot chicken Wanna get hot chicken East Nashville, Tennessee Jackrabbit run the Gila Monster Run him a solid mile Gila Monster turn around he said, you know, hey, fuck, This running ain't my kind of style I think
1: you want hot chicken Don't mistake me for hot chicken And so, there are things chicken, like that. Of course, Black Cowboys here, is still is of, of interest. Um, you know, the album and the concept and the songs have, have remained of interest to people. Uh, especially now that there have, have been so many uh, pop-cultural movements that have grown around the idea of Black Cowboys, it's it's been beautiful. Because when I made the project, I wanted to create it so that there would be a historical like marker that showed that black cowboys was a valid part of history.
2: Get down to Holbrook, you won't find me there. Good Lord, I caught the first thing smoking down the road somewhere. Got the first thing smoking down the road somewhere. Well, I called my steel pony and boys, I'm gonna ride. Getting far too old to follow this here herd. Good Lord, I caught the first thing smoking down the road somewhere.
1: It's even funny, when I was writing the liner notes, um, Juneteenth had not become a federal holiday, and so I I had written a section about Juneteenth in the liner notes, but we couldn't technically put it into the original liner notes because it was an unofficial holiday. And so, you know, that's one of those things, since it was the Smithsonian, we couldn't it wasn't. It, it would be construed as as giving out false information because it wasn't technically a, a, a federal government holiday. You know. So now it's a federal, it but now it's a federal government holiday, which is. It, so it's funny to me. Even the, the story of uh, the black cowboys continues to evolve in its own way outside of. What I've been able to do with it, but it's it's been amazing to see that that it still is holding, still is as vibrantly as the day I put that thing out, and that's been almost four years ago now, if you can believe that.
0: Yeah. Well, as we wrap up, speaking of music, uh, have you been working on new material, and can we expect some new stuff from Mr. Oh, Fleming?
1: Oh, all the time. You know, I've uh, I've I've been delving in and and writing new songs, and I've also been uh, putting together old songs as well. You know, but of course, uh, in the pandemic, you know, like the first half, I th- I thought maybe I could I was going to go and break into doing some new songs, and I'd written a bunch of songs right before everything shut down, and I just started to read read the lyrics, and I just I didn't see it. I did you know the the themes just didn't fit with what I was feeling after 2020, and so. I threw all the songs away, and I've I started writing a new set of songs. So I just—it's um, been interesting. It's—it's it's been a big reassessment period for me, reflecting back on, uh, on the things that I've had a chance to do uh, up to this point. You know, uh, being in the music business for fifteen years. It's, uh, you know, starting out as someone who sold all everything they owned and jumped in the car and made it made a trip out. Uh, you know, so going from Phoenix to to first North Carolina but then I had a time where I lived in New York City um, in another time a bit of time in North Carolina and then now I'm in so Chicago You were here so it's in
0: the D.C. area for yep. Yep. and I was in
1: D.C. for several years as well which was um, I got some had some wonderful um, opportunities to be able to work with the Smithsonian and a lot of different organizations and so it was kind of like a yeah, so it's been a, a lot of movement, and, and in a time where I've had to sit still in some type of way or try to, um, you know, it's been a uh, it's been a lot of uh, reflection, just kind of thinking back on on what drives me to do the things I do, and and that's been yeah. Good.
0: So what was the answer? What drives you?
1: Oh, what drives me still is is the notion of being able to share this music and to be able to expand the scholarship. On, uh, on American folkloric music, especially in a time where we need updating of the old folklore to become new folklore, and also to be able to bring that folkloric culture and music into the classroom and in, into people's lives so that they can enrich themselves with the with the, the knowledge of the past. And um, I think when you bring the past with you, then you can really find a new future, and that's something that's allowed me to not, not worry that things are ending, but it's allowed me to always think that there's a new beginning and that there's always a next step that comes after each previous step. And so I've always been able to keep on the the path because of that. And I I think that that's something that people still need, even to this day, you know, and a lot of the, also a lot of the documentarians and folklorists that I knew uh, when I first started, they're, you know some are getting up there in age and there also has to be new people that come in that way so and then i'm even to getting up there a little bit in age you know so i gotta i have to keep going and and uh you know spread the news for other people who might catch on
0: well i want to thank you again so much dom for your time looking forward to the show tonight of course and seeing the, fe- the future holds
1: awesome Well, that sounds good rob thank right. you so much again for having me
0: thank you so you may have figured it out by now but yeah dom show that night in lorton virginia it was pretty damn incredible You got to go check him out when it comes to your town. In fact, go to his website, theamericansongster.com. You'll see some tour dates up there still. So if he's coming to you, you better go because you won't regret it. Just an amazing performance and inspirational and everything you can throw in there. I want to thank Dom again for giving me the time and his team for setting it up before the show. I also wanted to mention that the third song I played there toward the end, that's called Steel Pony Blues. It's from his album, Black Cowboys. So again, go find that on Spotify or in fact, go to his website, theamericansongster.com and go pick it up yourself. Anyway, thanks for listening. I hope you all enjoyed this as much as I did and I got more coming, so stay tuned.